This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Well, Matt Adams is the host of Fairways of Life. You can hear Fairways of Life on the website, fairwaysoflife.com, and on the app. And, and Matt is also a Golf Channel contributor. It's a pleasure to welcome Matt Adams back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Matt? Well, Happy New Year, my friend. Same to you. Same to you. Um, but, but mentioning Golf Channel, before we get into what might happen on the golf course, tell me about the new show on the network. Tell me about Golf Today. Uh, golf Today is starting later in the day. What they were looking to do was, we formally, we had Morning Drive that everyone was familiar with, and of course we have Golf Central that everyone is familiar with. And to put together two network shows on a global basis, obviously, it takes huge crews. Not only the people that you see on camera, the production staff from, from the standpoint of producers and, and uh, production assistants, associate producers, directors, et cetera, but then you have all of the auxiliary production staff that goes along with it. That could be audio people, that could be engineering people, that could be camera people, mm-hmm. could be the makeup people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you start to look at that, it gets larger and larger and larger and larger, and groups start to become dozens of people with every single show. So the two shows were so spread apart, almost 12 hours apart from the regular start time of one to the regular start time of another. And then if you added in that pregame shows, postgame shows for live coverage or big weeks, you can see the way it compounds and compounds and compounds. Sure. So NBC Sports, which is based out of Stanford, Connecticut, they are in a massive warehouse. And it clearly is something that has uh, an old history to it because you go in and they, they've I, I, I guess it's a polyurethane finish or a sealant on the cement floor but otherwise it's kept raw there's no carpeting it's just you can see it and when you look down at the floor you can see where huge pieces of machinery over the lifespan of this space hmm. at one time were, were, were held brutally into the floor and so it's a really cool look at a space now that's being used to create sports television well as a result they have just tons, tens of thousands of square feet of space that they can create whatever they want. And as far as I can see from a business standpoint, NBC took a look at all that and said, you know what? We generate uh, EPL, English Premier League programming. We generate uh, football programming. We, again, the list goes on and on and on, baseball programming, et cetera. And none of those shows, like the EPL, isn't coming from London. It's coming from Stanford, the, the, the pregame and the postgame shows, et cetera. The NFL shows aren't coming from the site of the game. They're coming from this high-end space-age enterprise-looking-like studio. So NBC said to have Golf Channel in Orlando, it, to, to be it, it, what happens in business, and one of the terms that they use, of course, is redundancy, to have uh, HR, to have accounting, to have all this stuff that already exists at the mothership, they said, we're not going to do it anymore. We're going we're gonna to bring that entity up here. The tragedy of it, of course, is on the human side where there's the transition and hundreds of people have lost their position as a result. And that's terrible. And it felt awful that it happened. But from a business perspective, that's the reason why NBC did what they did in pulling Golf Channel up there, and I hear the criticism that people go, and it makes no sense to to originate a golf show from Stanford, Connecticut, instead of a golf capital of Orlando, and I look at it and go, I don't think it makes any difference at all, in yeah. fairness, where the show originates. Right. So by bringing this, this new Golf Today show 
to a start time of noon. And Golf Central, although Golf Central's time air, varies now based upon programming, but it's, it's on currently at 4 p.m. and then it airs again at 6 p.m. When you have those two so close together, you can see automatically what happened, where you had these, these disparaged programs with completely separate crew and support. They're now the same. So you have continuity in terms of editorial content. You have continuity in terms of how the producers are putting it together. You have continuity in terms of all those people I mentioned behind the scenes in terms of their input so that one show is reflective of the other, supports the other, and integrates with the other. That was, and again, I, no one ever told me that that's what they were doing, but I obviously can see it from, from what's happening. And from that standpoint, it makes sense. I think time will tell since the programming just started anew, whether the audience connects with these different times and how all of that goes, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Matt Adams here on the Augusta Golf Show. Um, congratulations on all of that and everything that you do. Let's talk a little bit about golf. Are you expecting in 2021 what we saw last year? Do you expect Dustin to win more majors, uh, Bryson to continue to be Bryson, uh, Morikawa? Are you looking for a continuation this year of what started last fall? I am, but it's not necessarily just in those names that you mentioned, because I think the, the, the cast of possibilities is just too broad. I think Justin Thomas is waiting to break out in, in a huge way. Uh, I think that Rory McIlroy is going to find his mojo again uh, now, that, now that they've had the child and things are settling down. He's noted multiple times through social media and otherwise how hard he's working and I think the fact that over the, the festive period that, in essence, uh, through a podcast that Tom Weisskopf kind of called him out and questioning his motivation, Rory's a fighter. I mean, it's, it's not a, a coincidence that he's a big fan of uh, MMA and particularly a big fan of, of boxing. He's a fighter. That's in his, that's in his nature. And I think he's going to come charging out and, and uh, look to, to change things as well. You know, what's, what will be if Brooks kept it? It all comes down to his body, right? It comes down to his health. Uh, the patella leading to a hip issue, et cetera. But that guy carries his bravado on his shoulder. We can see it. We can feel it. Uh, I don't think that he is done. I don't have the same prospects of hope necessarily, at least in the immediate future, for Jordan Spieth, because every time Jordan Spieth speaks, he says, I feel good, I feel close, I think this is going to be the week, and then it isn't. So I still think that there's some time left there in terms of he refinding the game that we knew on the – of possessing, but in terms of, of characters, I think there are so many that are going to be in the mix, and we have so many events, majors, Olympics, and the Ryder Cup before yeah. is just on the men's side of the game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a wildly entertaining ride. Do you have any expectations from a 45-year-old Tiger? No, not yeah. particularly. I, 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 from the start of it, I felt that when we watched Tiger Woods at the Tour Championship, when we watched Tiger Woods at the Zozo, when we watched Tiger Woods win at the Masters, there, everything about it to me, I had a sense of a sense that he was building towards. And when Tiger had that magical moment at Augusta National and he all of a sudden flipped the switch to the old Tiger. Now, I'm not talking about physically. I'm not just talking about shot selection and, and the strategy that he used in terms of cutting the ball off this tee or using a three-wood or a stinger or, or what have you or shaping it another way, changing trajectory. He did all those things, and frankly, he did them beautifully. 
But in particular on that Sunday at Augusta, the way that he handled Francesco Molinari, which I think scarred Francesco Molinari, and he's still trying to recover from it, frankly, was the fact that Tiger became, in fact, Rory called it a flash of red. Tiger became the Tiger of old, standing slightly in, in his opponent's periphery, a late move behind him to, so that he wouldn't be uh, you know, standing directly behind him while he's hitting his shot. Just little things to say, I'm Tiger Woods. You're in my kitchen now, and if you can't take the heat, it will consume you, which is precisely what it did to Francesco Molinari. I think the more concerning thing with Tiger is now, uh, one, it certainly seems to me like he's smelling the roses now more than we've ever seen him before, whether we're talking about his 11-year-old son, Charlie, playing with at the PNC, or however you want the engagement with other young players, however you want to measure it. Uh, I think Tiger is enjoying a bit of a stroll in the sunset. I think Tiger hopes that uh, a week that his body will will uh, cooperate and, and give him everything that he needs to compete and to potentially win is certainly there. But to plan on it, and, and I hear all the cliches, and he, he hasn't forgotten how to beat Tiger Woods and all this. His body has. So I'm hopeful that there will be those flashes from Tiger, flashes of red, if you please. But I don't think it's, it's, it's right now. I don't think the prospects are high. Before I let you go, how do we get back to full spectators on the, on the tour? Will it organically come or will, will there be some tournament that says we're having everybody? Well, they don't have the ability to do that. So it, it won't be a rogue crossing of a line and say we've had enough of this and we're going we're to go at it. I think as, as the percentage of vaccinations increase that that's going to help the fact that when they when they can sit across the table from each other and go okay we're not going to run the risk and liability of infecting thousands or tens of thousands of people by hosting an event but there's another element that's going to play into that and that element is commercial uh, it comes down to dollars you've got these huge sponsors and the huge sponsors are the ones that behind the scenes i suspect are going to put pressure on the powers that be and say at least we want to be able to bring back our prospects, our guests, our clients, uh, our customers, and that will be the first line. So they'll say, oh, you know, they're allowing spectators, but those spectators are all going to be the, uh, you know, the sweet uh, spectators. And then if I had a guess in terms of just full-on crowds, I would think May or June, because by then I would think the, the vaccinations will be high enough. So... I don't think we're we're out of the woods yet in terms of complete normalcy, but I don't know about you, but at the same time, John Patrick, I and I don't mean this cruelly, but during the during last the end of last year, uh, the latter six months, I didn't miss the the crowds from a TV perspective. We were all watching on TV, and I thought that I, I thought it was great. I have missed it. I have missed him for a moment, honestly. Um, he is, he is Matt Adams. Again, it's Fairways of Life. You can listen every morning on the web, fairwaysoflife.com and the Fairways of Life app. Matt, I always appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure, my friend. I hope the new year is a very successful one for you, and I appreciate the time.